You deserve to be treated with kindness and respect. If your relationship is more difficult than it needs to be, check out my other podcast over at loveandabuse.com. And you'll also find what's been called a lifesaver, the mean workbook on manipulation and emotional abuse. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello, welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani, and I am here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can avoid dysfunction, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about on the show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. I had an interesting conversation with somebody today. We were talking about how uh, some people you don't want to continue a conversation with. This person had trouble talking to somebody recently because the person was very difficult to talk to. And because of that, she didn't really want to communicate with her anymore. But before she stopped communicating, she wanted to give her one last piece of her mind. (laughs) this can give you maybe some closure, like I'm going to have the final word and I'm going to tell them off. I'm going to say what they're doing wrong and uh, they're going to back off because they finally understand me. But depending on the person you're dealing with, you could be putting a fishing line out there to hook them in and not only continue the conversation, but amplify it, make it, worse and elongate it to the point that you just can't stand it anymore and now you're in deeper than you ever wanted to be and being a little vague there's a specific situation that this person's dealing with but I don't want to give it away <laughs> but uh you probably know what I'm talking about when it comes to people that you don't really want to deal with it's important to understand what to say and what not to say so that it doesn't engage more conversation. There are some people that you want to talk to, and there are some people that you don't want to talk to. And there are some people that you just want to have the last word. I'm going to talk about this for a couple minutes, but this person I'm talking about wanted to have the last word. She wanted to say, look, you're doing something, and this is what you're doing, and it's a problem. I told her that if she does this, what will end up happening is that you will continue a conversation that you don't want to have. I think some people that are listening right now can relate to this. I know that there are some people that my girlfriend doesn't want to have a conversation with, and I will listen to her talk to some people, and uh, she will say things that I can tell will continue the conversation, even though she wants to stop it. And then when she's done talking, she will tell me something like, they wouldn't stop talking to me. (laughs) And I said, well, what I witnessed was you, when you were done, you asked a question. 
And she said, well, yeah, but I, I wanted to, whatever, get off the phone. I wanted to leave at that point. And I would ask, well, then why did you ask a question? If you wanted to leave, why would you engage any further? And she said, well, I just wanted to be nice. And uh, I said, well, if you want to be nice, there are other ways to do it. You can say, hey, it was really great to talk to you. I got to go. She said, well, you know, we were talking about a subject matter and there were certain things that I didn't want them to think I wasn't listening. Then I told her, well, how about saying, it was really great talking about this. I don't really have any more time to talk about it. I'd love to get into it a little further with you, but I, I can't. I don't have any time. Or, I mean, you don't even have to go that far. You could just say, it was great talking about this, but I really got to go. So you can still address what you talked about and you can still move along. And I personally enjoy having an exit strategy. There are certain people that you need an exit strategy with. And I tell you what, I hear about this all the time. I get a lot of emails, a lot of messages where people will tell me, this is the conversation we had. He said this, he said that, I said this, and then he said this. And I ask myself, well, then why did you say that to him if you didn't want him to talk anymore or get angry or, I mean, why would you say that to him? I, I mean, I don't answer the email this way. I just think to myself, this is obvious to me and I'm not putting that person down for not getting it because I've been studying communication for about 15 years now, but there are a lot of things that are obvious to me. But you don't have to be well versed in communication to understand what hooks someone in to continue the conversation. The reality is you can try it on yourself. You can actually think about what you're about to say and ask yourself, will this incite more conversation? And I, I know it sounds like I'm going in a certain direction, like I'm going to teach you how to end conversations well. I'm not really going to dive into that today. That's a good subject for another day. I actually want to talk about why we want to continue certain conversations, why we want to continue maybe convincing someone of something that might be true and they're not, they're not getting it, or trying to defend yourself. All of this has to do with seeking closure. I think I talked about this not too long ago. So if you hear me repeat myself on an episode, it's because I don't have it all memorized. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff I talked about in the past eight years, but I'm talking about seeking closure because I've witnessed this over and over again, not only through the people that uh, send me messages, but also my girlfriend, she's on her phone, but also the people that I'm around, my girlfriend and my friends, they will be in conversations with people. They will want other people to know something that they don't know. Or even when I'm in a circle of friends and I know somebody said something that needs correction and I voluntarily choose not to say anything because in the grand scheme of things, it's really no big deal. It doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes I'll just chime right in. But in the grand scheme of things... Is everything such a big deal? Does everything have to be treated as ultra important? There's a dichotomy here. I love closure. I love getting the answer and finally having some resolution. And I also don't mind letting it go as far as if I don't know the answer 
just letting it go. I think a lot of people have trouble with that. For example, somebody says that you're a loser, or somebody says, you work there, why don't you work somewhere else? Somebody says, you didn't go to college, you don't have a relationship, or you're in a bad relationship. I mean, there's all these judgments out there. And the feeling that we get when somebody is judgmental toward us, or we know that they don't know the whole truth, the feeling that we get that we have to convey that truth to them, or correct them because their judgment is wrong, is what I call not having closure. It's that open loop feeling. And when you have that open loop feeling, you feel this compulsion to just want to close that loop. And again, if you want to free yourself from obsessive thinking and lots of anxiety, I'm not saying this is the only cause for anxiety, but lots of anxiety and lots of stress, because somebody thinks a certain way or you know the truth or you need to defend yourself, if you let all of that go, If you decide whatever they believe is their belief and I choose not to let it affect me, if you let all of that go and just walk away, you know, from the thoughts or the knowledge, you do free yourself. You feel better inside yourself because the pursuit is over. You you stop pursuing. And when you stop pursuing, you stop stressing. You stop feeling anxious. You just know that it's not important enough to address. This is what we do. We sometimes place importance on things that really aren't so important that we need to talk about it and get it out on the table. This is so opposite of some of the stuff I talk about in the show. I talk about honoring your boundaries and being okay, being comfortable in your own skin to stand up for yourself. I say this stuff to empower you so that you have the choice to do that or not because the opposite side of some choices is to let things go. And one of the biggest things that will help you in life is that when you don't know an answer, when you want to convince somebody of something, when you have that feeling that you just need to say something, if you ask yourself, is it so important that I need to obsess over it or can I just let this go and let it be? Some people will say, never, I'll never let it go. And when you do that, You're a slave to that thought. You're a slave to that feeling because you make it the predominant motivating force that pulls you along in life. And some things you don't want to be pulled by. You don't want to be pulled by some sort of force that keeps you in a negative state. A common email that I get is, I don't know why that person left. I don't know why they broke up with me. I don't know what I did to cause them to leave and that mystery just stays in the brain and it's very hard to let go for some people. And even if I say, you know, everyone has their own reasons, they still need some sort of closure on that. And this is mainly what I'm talking about is when you can't get past a generic response such as everybody has their own reasons. If you can't get past that generic response, I know I say it's generic because it just sounds so basic to say that and almost condescending, like, well, I know he has his own reasons, but I want to know. I want to know why. I want to know what I did wrong. I want to know how to fix this or fix myself so that I don't do it again. Sometimes it's not you at all. When it comes to other people, it's not about you. It's about their decision. And that's hard to accept for some people because everything might have been going great but it was their decision. 
Just like um, quitting a job. It's your decision to quit. And your boss might go, why did you quit? And you might say, well, it was just time. I wanted to leave. I wanted to try something new. I wanted to do something different. Yeah, but we had a great relationship here. You could have come to me and asked me for a raise. You could have come to me and talked to me. You know, there, it would be great if your boss said that, and not, that doesn't always happen, but let's just say that they did. You know, you could have done all that stuff, but maybe you have your reasons. Maybe you felt burnt out. Maybe you wanted something new for yourself. Maybe you realized you just weren't happy. What's great about that is that you have that choice. You have that freedom to think those thoughts may not always be easy to leave. You may have some obligations and money's coming in and you feel stuck there for a bit, but I have my thoughts on that too. But when you've made the decision to move on and somebody else doesn't understand that decision, I don't believe that you always have to explain your decision to everyone. It's nice to do that, to give them closure. This is why I'm leaving. I'm unhappy. But sometimes it reopens a conversation that you probably don't want to have. They may say, well, I could have made you happy. I could have given you some time off. I could have given you a vacation. I could have, uh, we could have talked about an advancement or a promotion. There's all kinds of things that you could have talked about. But sometimes it's just time. I remember my first long-term girlfriend said that. When she was leaving, she said it was just time. That, <laughs> talk about no closure. There was no closure in what she said. She said, it's just time. And it took me uh, years to get over that. It took me a long, long time because I didn't understand it. What did I do wrong? What could I have done better? How can I fix this? And all I had was it was just time. And so now I can look at that and realize probably two things. Uh, One, she didn't know why she was unhappy. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. I actually didn't ask her this question, but... I'm assuming she didn't know all the reasons she was unhappy. She just knew she was unhappy. Maybe she didn't know why she fell out of love. She just did. It just happened. And maybe she knows now. And maybe I know now because we've connected since then. And I've shared with her some of the stuff that I've discovered about myself. And she was grateful that I shared all this stuff because it was highlighting things that maybe she was experiencing that she couldn't put into words. And it was helpful to her, I believe. So when I look back and I remember that I didn't have a closure, there was a point that I chose to accept that I'll never, ever know. And accepting that helped me move on because otherwise I would continue pursuing it. I would continue trying to figure out why she left and what I did wrong. And when we focus on what we did wrong and what we could have done better, sometimes, I'm not saying always, sometimes... It points to self-esteem issues, self-worth issues, how we look at ourselves, how we perceive ourselves. And if we feel any sense of low self-worth, then we're more likely to blame ourselves for somebody else making a perfectly legitimate decision for themselves. I hope you just read between the lines about what I just said. Sometimes we look at ourselves and think lower of ourselves, that we could have done better, when the other person made their own decision to do what they wanted, which they have every right to do, just like you, and chose to do it, when they do that, it's not about you at all. It's about them. And in the context of, say, romantic relationships, if they didn't share with you why they're leaving, A, maybe they don't know, 
B, maybe they didn't want to hurt your feelings. I'm not saying it's a good excuse, but for them it might have been. C, maybe they just didn't want to say anything for whatever reason. Maybe they just wanted to move on and not address anything in the past. And, you know, there's D, E, F, G. There's a lot of reasons this can happen. But bringing it back to how can I deal with not knowing, I think that's an important question. How do I deal with not knowing? The answer is another ABC here. A, listen to my episodes on Obsession, theoverwhelmedbrain.com. Type in the word obsess and you'll find a few. And B, use the method I've talked about in this episode and other episodes. If you knew they were gone and you would never ever be able to talk to them again or even going as far as imagining that they were dead so that you would have no choice but to never be able to talk to them again, then would you find a way to move on not knowing Uh, because that kind of puts you in that no-choice scenario. And C, are you willing to accept that everyone is allowed to make a decision for any reason, and sometimes people won't tell you the reason? Even though it's going to change your life, it's going to alter your life, or maybe even you feel like it's ruining your life. People have the right to make many decisions that do involve you, but focus on themselves, meaning your life is affected, but they still focus on themselves. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. I'm just saying that they have a right to do it. I'm not saying that it's wonderful when somebody makes their own decision and follows their own path but doesn't tell you why. I'm not necessarily saying that's the best thing to do. I think it's always best to communicate as much as possible. But when I look at my past and I see the people that left me, uh, mostly for reasons that I don't know, or at least I didn't know then, I have come to the acceptance that they had every right to do that. And I also came to the realization that I had a lot to work on. That doesn't mean it's like that for you or for anyone else. It just means that um, when something happens in your life and you don't have closure, sometimes the best thing to do is accept that you'll never know. Just like I've accepted that I'll never know what came before everything. (laughs) I'll never know what existed before existence. It used to bother the heck out of me. And now I've come to learn that sometimes we're not supposed to know everything. And because of that, we just have to focus on what's next. Hope you enjoyed my random ramblings in this segment. I'm going to read you an email next. Uh, may have something to do with what I just talked about. We'll be right back after this. just heard again from someone today about BetterHelp. One of the listeners of this show said, you know, I've been using BetterHelp and I've been talking to my counselor and I've been listening to your show and we talk about what I hear on your show and we talk about other things and they're getting a lot out of it. They're getting a lot out of it. So I really love coming on the air and promoting this service. It's a professional counseling service that you can use online through a messaging system on the phone through video chat. Uh, When you sign up, they assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. I believe in therapy. I believe there are times when you need someone to express to. And sometimes that someone probably shouldn't be a family member or the person that you are having trouble with. (laughs) It's like if uh, my girlfriend was having trouble with me, I wouldn't expect her to come to me for coaching. 
<laughs> I would expect her to address me as her partner, but uh, I certainly wouldn't offer my coaching services to deal with my nuances. <laughs> That's why I love services like BetterHelp. They're out there to help you with anything you're going through, depression, stress, anxiety, relationship issues, sleeping, trauma, anger, all the stuff that we go through, family matters, LGBT matters. There's a massive selection of therapists and counselors, and they're recruiting new ones all the time in all 50 states. And even if you're not in the U.S., they match you with a therapist in the U.S. because that's where they're based, and uh, you'll get the help you're looking for. It takes an average of about 24 hours to be matched with a counselor that works for you. And uh, what I've learned about the service is that if you don't uh, jive, if you don't synchronize with the counselor that you're with, they can match you up with someone else. It's a great service. I highly recommend it if you are finding something in your life interfering with your happiness. You get to connect in a safe and private online environment, making it very convenient. You can send a message to your counselor at any time, and you'll get um, really quick and thoughtful responses. Head over to BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash brain and get 10% off your first month. BetterHelp.com forward slash brain. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Welcome back. After I recorded the uh, sponsor segment with BetterHelp, I decided to look through my emails and find one that had to do with a lack of closure. And this is the perfect email. I haven't given it too much thought yet. I read through it once. I'm just going to read it to you right now and kind of answer it off the cuff and see where we go with it. This person wrote, Hey Paul, my partner and I have now entered our 30s and we've been together for several months, not too long, but due to COVID, our relationship has perhaps had a growth spurt. We've both had our past baggage and she's more afraid of commitment than I am. As we are getting older, the notion of our future becomes prevalent. We have both said that we want to settle one day and both want marriage and kids. After an in-depth chat about our relationship, she said that she loves me and loves our relationship, but not sure if she pictures me being that person that she sees having a family with. She says that it's not a definitive no, but that our differences make her doubt our chance of that long-term future of family life together. It is, of course, hypothetical about a future that neither of us knows, but is this a sign that I'm looking in the wrong place or that time will reveal what's in store for us? I'm not necessarily dating strictly to marry, but aware that the clock is ticking also for that family life. I enjoy where life is now. I just don't want to be years in and she's still unsure. That chat offered an exit for us if we wanted to separate things, but we do want to continue on our journey for the present moment for what it is. Thanks so much for listening. Okay, that is, um, that's quite the conversation you had. If you had such an open candid conversation like that that's really good in a relationship i mean a relationship i believe should be based on those hard conversations well not only based but on those hard conversations need to happen this is like when i talked about someone who maybe wants to cheat on their partner because there's not enough sex or there's no attraction or whatever it is. There's a million different reasons i don't want to just narrow it down to two but there's a million different reasons why somebody would do that I believe that if that is on your mind all the time, that it should be brought up. 
not necessarily saying, hey, I want to go cheat, but talking about what is driving you to have those thoughts. Meaning, you talk to your partner about what's missing in your relationship or in your life that's driving you to have different thoughts. You may not tell them what thoughts you're having, but let's just say, I'll use something, a basic example. Let's just say that you want more sex in the relationship. So that would mean that you might tell your partner, I would love to have more intimacy with you. And I'm just letting you know that these are the thoughts that I'm having. I've really simplified it. I've very much minimized what it would feel like and what it would sound like. But just as an example, that might be a conversation you have before you go out and do any type of cheating or anything like that. That way, you might actually resolve something. You might actually resolve something. And, and infidelity is a very deep, complex topic sometimes, and I've talked about it in other episodes, but I'm just giving you that as an example. You bring it out before you do the act. You talk about it. You put it on the table. You are open about it. You are candid about it. Just like the person who wrote here, they had an open candid conversation. They both want to marry. They both want kids. And his partner said, you may not be the person I want kids with. So here's my thoughts, my insights. You know, I'm kind of chuckling because, wow, that's something that I would never expect. As far as if I were in a relationship and somebody said, you know, this is a great relationship, but when it comes to kids, I would want kids with somebody else. So my first thought is, is this really happening? Is this for real? But at the same time, I'm glad that person was honest. Like if my girlfriend said, I love being in a relationship with you, but I want kids and you're not very interested in having kids, then it would make more sense because we have two different wants and needs. What this person is saying is that, hey, you're great to date and we have a lot of fun together, but I don't want kids with you. I don't want to settle down with you when I'm ready to settle down and get married. What do you do with that information? That can be quite shocking to some people, but I'm noticing in this message that he is handling it quite well. He's saying, look, we've got a relationship here that's working out pretty well, and I'm going to continue it because we're having such a great time together. And I think that's a healthy response. I think that is a great way to handle it. And at the same time, there's a lack of closure. There's that closure word again. There's that open loop that this could lead into a marriage with kids, but it may also fizzle because she's not sure if she wants to have kids with him or she knows she doesn't want to have kids with him and just doesn't want to say that. I don't know exactly what's on, on her mind, but if I were to guess, because this was brought up, you probably don't meet all of the criteria that she has laid out in her life as a, I don't know, husband and father. She may have a list of criteria that she wants to have met when she's ready to marry and have kids. Now, because you said you're in your 30s, yes, I think the clock is ticking. If you want to get married and have kids, I mean, people have kids in their 40s too, so that can happen. But this can be a tough situation if your goal is to get married and have kids and you're going to spend the majority of your time with someone that isn't sure if they want to have kids with you or get married. So what this does is it comes back to you for what you want in your life. If she doesn't know, she's not sure, 
then this is where I create closure in my mind. And this is how I do it. I'm not saying it's the right thing for you. But if I were in your shoes, the way I would create closure, you know, creating a scenario where I know something to be true, because right now you don't know what's true. You don't know if you're going to get married and have kids or not. So what I do in my mind is I believe that it will never happen. I create that closure. And that closure for me would be, I know she doesn't want to marry me and have kids with me. And what that does for me is it sets my mind in a direction so that I can think more clearly. So that's what I want you to ask yourself. I want you to ask yourself, if I knew for a fact that she would never want to marry me and never want to have kids with me, would I stay in this relationship? Again, that's where I go. I don't want you to just make a decision and take off if you're having a great time with each other. But at the same time, if, and this is a big if, if you feel at all stressed or anxious about her inability to tell you what she wants or her indecision or her purposeful reluctance to share with you maybe a truth that she's holding back, I don't know what it is. If that's stressing you out at all, then it's important that you do reach closure and that closure might look like that she will absolutely never want to marry you and never have kids with you. I could be completely wrong about that, but what that does is it puts you into the mindset of making decisions that are based on what you want with information that you can rely on instead of information that you don't know. This could be the wrong advice. I know it. You could wait a year from now and she changes her mind. Absolutely, that that can happen. When something like this comes along, I like to give it an expiration date. So even if you didn't want to do this exercise right now, I like to give something an expiration date and tell myself, in six months, if she still feels the same way, then I'm going to make this decision. And that decision will be to either stay with this person knowing that you're not going to ever get married and not going to have kids with her, or leave this person because you want to move on with your life or whatever your decision is, but at least you've made a decision date so that when that date comes, you will have some closure again. So you might have to live with an open loop for a while until you reach that closure, that expiration date. But personally, I like creating closure when I don't have it. So in this case, that's what I'm doing. If I'm in your shoes, I'm going to tell myself, well, I'm just going to accept that she doesn't want to have kids and doesn't want to marry me. And how do I feel about that? That's what I would ask myself. How do I feel about that? I would come to terms with it. I would figure it out in my head because now I have enough information to go on. And I might say to myself, well, okay, she doesn't want to have kids and she doesn't want to marry. So we'll just continue until she's ready to move on. That might be my attitude. Or I might be so committed to having kids and wanting to get married that I want to create a deep long-term relationship with someone so that we grow together and learn together and we go through a lot of stuff together and I would leave and maybe go find somebody else. I mean, I make it sound easy. It's not always easy to find someone else and find the right person and all that, but I'd still create that closure so that I would have solid information, tangible information that I could look at and analyze and reach a conclusion with. That's my advice for you is to create something solid that you can work with in your mind and even share it with her. Even say, I've decided that it's best I just assume that you don't want kids and don't want to be married. So I'm using that 
instead of maybe to help me process this. And when I process this, this is the decision I come to. You're not putting her on the spot. I'm not telling you to put her on the spot. I'm not saying, well, you need to come to a decision because this is what I'm going to decide. No, not at all. You let her make her own decision, and someday she might come to that decision. She may say, oh, you are the person, and I want to be with you again. That might happen. And if you just happen to be there and you want the same thing, then great. But if you do move on and you're in another relationship and then she came to you and said, I want to marry you and have kids, then it might be too late for her. It might be. She might need to create this closure as well. She may need to do this exercise. She may need to say, all right, I'm either going to say yes or no in my mind right now. Yes, I want to marry you and have kids. Or no, I will never marry you and have kids. Which direction would I go with either scenario? Creating that closure gives you direction. The hard part, and I know people deal with this, is the what if. Yeah, but what if I create this closure and next week they realize that I'm the one, they want to get married, and I totally get that. And the problem with that is the what if keeps the open loop. And I've seen what ifs go on for years. I've seen my mom go on for years and years and years in an abusive relationship with my stepfather and just waiting for him to leave. You know, someday he's going to leave. What if it happens tomorrow? What if I do get divorced and uh, he was going to make that decision first and then he would have to move out and all these what ifs that come up and she waited 40 years. So you could do the what if game, but that's why I tell you to do the expiration date as well. Give yourself the decision date so that you can make the decision. So I don't really have too much to offer you, this person who wrote, uh, except that if you're enjoying the relationship and you don't mind being with someone that you're not going to marry and not going to have kids with, but they're going to probably move on without you and get married and have kids, and you're okay in the present moment where you are with her, then why not? You know, I'm not going to say that you should leave and do that, but I do recommend you do this exercise so that you try on what it's like if you know for sure she goes in one direction or another. And I think she should do the same thing. It's unusual. I mean, this is the first I've ever heard of somebody telling me this, so I'm sure it's happened in someone's world. But for someone to be in a relationship and you have the talk about marriage and kids, when the thought enters someone's mind that they may not necessarily marry this person they're with, but they do want to get married that tells me that the relationship isn't everything they want. So I'm going to push this last, maybe a little negative comment onto you here. The relationship isn't everything she wants. But I already said that because of her criteria. But it's important for you to know that. The relationship isn't everything she wants. And it may have nothing to do with who you are, how you show up, how you look, how much money you make. It has nothing to do with that. Or it could. But know that it's not about you, it's about her. It's about her decisions. You have your own criteria. She may fit all that criteria or maybe not. I have a feeling from what you said, she doesn't. And the reason I say that is because you kind of have this, not in a bad way, lackadaisical attitude that um, eh, we can still enjoy this for a while and see where things go. If you feel that way, then it's quite possible that maybe she doesn't meet all of your criteria either, 
or that you're both not so committed to the idea of a permanent relationship that you're both comfortable with this arrangement. And um, let me give you this final thought. And I could be way off on all of this, and I know it. <laughs> so I don't want to guide you in a, any certain direction. I'm just giving you some things to think about. My final thought on this is something about my own life, which is something I've learned to accept, is that every time I've gotten into a new relationship, I've accepted the possibility that it would end. Period. That's it. I, I learned after so many breakups that getting into a new relationship means it's going to end someday. That sounds awful when I say it. I know it. It sounds like a pessimistic viewpoint. But the reason I tell you this is because when I get into a relationship, if I think that, yes, it could end at any time, what that does for me is allows me to focus on today and enjoying as much time as I can with the person I'm with today. Not everyone wants to do that. Not everyone wants to have that thought, that foreboding thought about the future that it could end at any time. But putting that thought out there actually gives me peace because it's sort of a closure in itself. Knowing that this could end at any time makes me focus on today. For somebody else, it might make them focus on the end. And I don't think that's a very empowering way to think. I think thinking that it could end at any time because it's happened before, so I'm just kind of getting used to it. <laughs> what I do is just accept that S happens. <laughs> you know, things happen. And because of that, I have no control over it. I have no control over what happens. I have no control over what her decisions are. I have no control over anything. So all I'm going to do is enjoy it as much as I can and not think about the future or the past. I'm going to think about today. And you already said that in your message. You're going to continue your journey paying attention to the present moment for what it is and enjoy it. And maybe that's the solution. Just enjoy it as much as possible. Appreciate each other as much as possible because you don't know what's going to happen. And even adding that closure in your thought process of she doesn't want to marry and she doesn't want to have kids. So I'm just going to enjoy as much time with her as possible before any of that comes to fruition. That may be exactly what you both need to let it all go and let it all unfold the way it needs to unfold. That's a tough one. I don't have a definitive answer for you, but I hope this helps you. Thank you so much for writing. I wish you both the best on this journey that you're having, and um, I hope this helps. We'll be right back with my thank yous and goodbyes and my final words right after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our sponsor, BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash brain and get 10% off your first month of this great and professional counseling service. I also want to thank the patrons of the week. These are the financial backers of the show. Every week I read uh, the names of the people that are backing the show financially. And this week I have Brad. Great to see you, Brad. And Holly and Jamie and Jessica and Julie, a lot of J's today, Leslie, Angel, Michelle, and Angela, all of you, I recognize all your names. Thank you so much for your support. This is how we continue. This is how we move on. This is how we go and grow. I am so grateful for everyone that supports the show. 
not everyone can do this financially and some people can so I am grateful for those who can and of course other people have reached out and said I want to support the show too but I can't do it financially and I tell them that's okay too <laughs> you don't have to you can share the show with others you can talk about it with your friends or you can keep it to yourself you can keep it all to yourself whatever you want to do with it it's up to you I'm just glad that you're listening and hopefully learning and growing and evolving into the emotionally empowered person that I hope you can be and hope you are so that you can make decisions that are right for you and create relationships that are awesome or at least handle situations better than you could before. My goal is that you are empowered and if you're getting anything from the episodes that I do then I'm going in the right direction. Talking about direction. Going in the right direction. So thank you patrons and if you find value in this show head over to moretob.com and that's where you can give back. MoreTOB.com allows you to join the patron program, which gives you a bunch of episodes that I've done that were never aired. I did them specifically for the patron program. I did some videos in there. I did some uh, workbooks in there. So once you join the patron program, you have access to all of that over at MoreTOB.com. Thank you, patrons. I appreciate you. And I want to mention that I do the Love and Abuse podcast, too. If you are in a difficult relationship which a lot of us have been in and a lot of us still are in. Some of us it's with family. Some of us it's with a romantic partner. Some of us it's with a coworker. I think it's important to learn as much as you can about how to handle and how to deal with difficult relationships. And that's what I talk about over at loveandabuse.com. It's mostly about emotional abuse and verbal abuse and psychological abuse. Just head over to loveandabuse.com if you want to check out that show and get some tools and resources that may help you as well. That's loveandabuse.com. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in The Overwhelmed Brain. And I'm going to read you a message I just received, like maybe an hour ago. Person wrote, I just want to say thank you again for your podcast. I just finished the episode called Making the Shift from Repeatedly Being Upset at Someone Else to Letting It Go. That is a mouthful. <laughs> so that was episode number 390. I did that uh, 10 episodes ago, so about two and a half months ago. That would have been around February 2021, if you're listening now. But it's called Making the Shift from Repeatedly Being Upset at Someone to Letting It Go. And she wrote, I too have done that same exercise of imagining the alternative, the person I loved being dead. If you've not heard that episode or don't understand what she means, I highly recommend you listen to that episode because there is context in there. She said, it really helped me shift my perspective on things with the man I'm dating. I'd been searching for a podcast like that since I started listening to you some months ago. I never came across one until now. It's the same thing I'm talking about with my counselor. But your podcast dives into the emotions behind the things I'm thinking about, so I feel like I'm getting more from the things you say. The man I'm dating, we've been spending a lot of time together because of the pandemic, and we've essentially been cohabitating. I've never cohabitated with someone that closely in a healthy relationship before, and even though I am at his place and he does everything to accommodate me, somehow I still pick on things, and I acknowledge that it's not just him, it's my mother and other people. And that exercise about imagining them being dead uh, really does put things into perspective. Every day I wake up and I'm grateful to be alive, and I'm grateful to be with that man and have my family. It really is something everyone should try, and if anyone ever comes to me with the same issue that your podcast addresses, I'm going to tell them to listen to it, because it does have the ability to turn that switch. So thank you again. And, you know, there's some context here, like I said, but thank you so much for writing that. I wanted to share that on the air for a couple reasons. One, 
the exercise she's talking about is something I talked about, like I said, two and a half months ago. If you're having issues with somebody and you just can't stop these issues, would you feel the same about the issues if you suddenly found out that they died? And that's tough. And that, again, I don't want to bring that up right now because I walk you through the whole process in that episode. But it can be a very powerful exercise that helps you shift a perspective. And this is what happened to her. She's shifting her perspective on all these little nitpicky issues that she's dealing with. And it suddenly makes her grateful. I did that same exercise with uh, my dad. When my dad was alive, I asked myself, would these problems still exist between my dad and I, because we had some issues, if I suddenly woke up tomorrow and found out that he died? And when I went through that exercise, I thought, whoa, uh, I'm going through a shift. I can come to a resolution with this now. I can think differently about it now. That was that closure I needed. And it really helped because when I found out that my dad was sick, he was he had cancer, I went to go see him and we patched things up and it all worked out. And it was all because I had that shift and I was able to let a lot of things go. And that was really helpful. So that was one reason I'm reading this message is because that exercise can be very powerful. That's in that episode 390 I was talking about. And the other reason I read this message is because I got another message today that says I was giving the wrong advice in that episode. And it wasn't about imagining someone that's dead. It was something else. But I read this whole message and I thought, what? I, you know, how can I get two different messages from one person that says, wow, you changed my life and everything has shifted. And another message that said, your advice is harmful and damaging to people. I thought this is one of those examples that no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, no matter what you put out there, someone's going to take it differently than you intended. Someone's going to see into it, something that I didn't necessarily mean to put out there. Someone's going to listen to it out of context. Maybe they'll hear one part, maybe they'll hear one episode, maybe they won't hear other times where I covered what they've talked about, and then they will say I'm being harmful or hurtful or something. Luckily, it doesn't happen often. I usually get a lot of positive, supportive messages, but once every two to three years, someone will say, what you said was awful. And it used to really, it used to really affect me. I couldn't sleep that night. I I would just feel awful because that's not my intention at all. My intention is to give you as much empowerment as possible in hope that you have a better life in some way, shape, or form from listening to the show. So it helps me a lot to remember that for every 100 positive messages I get, the one negative message that comes in, I really try not to take it personally, only because we're all in different phases of life. We all have different understandings of what we've been through, of what our friends and family have been through. In almost every episode, I can never cover every single perspective and aspect of everything I'm talking about, which is why I think it's important to listen to as many as possible so you get all the angles because I don't want you to think that I only mean this one thing in this one episode when I've talked about many other aspects of something in another episode. On and on, I could go on about that, but the reason I'm sharing this with you is because this is what happens. You could be doing everything right, (laughs) at least what you believe is right. You could be a saint You can have no ill intentions and only want the best for everyone that you serve. And someone out there will find fault with it. 
and this kind of circles back to what I said earlier, if someone makes a decision to do their own thing and it's not in alignment with what you're doing, then they may be that one person. They may be that one person that simply doesn't synchronize with you or doesn't get you or doesn't understand you or believes you're damaging them in some way when it's not about you unless you're intentionally doing it. But if you have all the good intentions, if you're doing everything what you believe to be right, if your heart is in it, if your compassion is in it, and you are totally dedicated to serving the people that you serve in whatever form or fashion that is, and someone comes along and says, you're doing it all wrong and you're damaging and you're hurtful, I'll say it, but I don't know if it'll help. Try not to take it personally because everyone has a different perspective. Everyone. We all have different perspectives. I can look at someone that's putting a lot of good out into the world and see something they're doing wrong if I look hard enough. I can. I can see something they're doing damaging if I look hard enough. But that doesn't make them a hurtful person. It's just a perspective that I have that I possibly didn't do enough research about or talk to them about. I just made the assumption that this is who they are. And we have to be careful about that sometimes. We have to be careful about the assumptions that we make because sometimes it's not always true. And sometimes it is. Sometimes that happens. But try not to take too many things personally only because everyone has a different perspective. And sometimes people get it wrong. And when they do, can we be okay with that? Can we let it roll off our back? Can we be okay with not having closure, with not trying to convince them that they're wrong? Can you be okay with that? I want you to be okay with that. I want you to be okay that some people aren't going to like you. Some people aren't going to find you fun to be around because they have different perspectives and not everyone synchronizes with us. If you're listening this far, there's probably something you synchronize with me about. (laughs) But if you've already tuned out, maybe you're not the ideal listener for this show. But they wouldn't hear me say that anyway, so it won't matter. I'm glad you got to this point in the show. I am so grateful that you listen, and I want nothing but the best for you. And I thank everyone that has reached out to me and said all the stuff that I'm doing well, and even the occasional person that reaches out and says, I am harmful to the world. I hope that's not you, and I hope that's not true. But if it is, let me know. I'm all ears. In the meantime, just like I ask you to do, I'm going to keep an open mind. I hope you keep an open mind. That's what helps to empower us so that we can create the life we want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing. You are amazing.